0: Y'all, welcome back to the Ben Barker Fitness Podcast. Big thank you to those of you who have been listening. If you would, subscribe to the show, leave a five-star review, and share this with someone you think it might be an encouragement to. I am pumped today to have Asia Barto. What's up, dude?
1: What is up, Ben Barker? On the uh the Alpha Dad podcast, dude. This is a it's a huge highlight of my career, I must let's, say.
0: I I had to be, man. I know like the CrossFit Games was cool, but the Ben Barker Fitness Podcast I had to just edge it out a little bit, right? I feel like the
1: the the getting on the Ben Barker Fitness Podcast is like the the CrossFit games of the period of time I'm in right now. So let's go. Let's this go. This is this is an excellent <clears throat> opportunity. Thank you for dude. it.
0: Dude. Uh, this is kind of the cool part of social media. And that's something I like to talk about. Like a lot of people like to talk about like the negativity. Um, but there's a lot of positivity on there. If you put yourself in the right circles and, uh, you know, I'm big on talking about sprinting and how it's like an underrated form of exercise. And I made a post about it one time and you commented on it. And I looked at your name and I was like, there's only one Asia Bartow. There's not like, that's not a name you hear a lot. <laughs> and so I looked at your page. I was like, Oh my God, this, this is, this is the Asia Bartow.
1: <laughs> Indeed. And yeah, so, I was, I, Go ahead. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, I think, you know, how I found you as my wife shared a post and was like, Hey, this guy's like literally your, your twin spun from a different thread. <laughs> and I opened it up and it's like shirtless, tiny shorts, barefoot running on your, around your block. I'm like, fucking like this guy. A yeah. lot. So I started following you. And then all of the just the infotaining posts you put out there. And then just the, the leadership that you're providing to the fathers around the globe, I think is, is so powerful. And I'm just glad to be associated with you, man.
0: Cool, dude. And, and I first of all, I appreciate that, dude. And same to you. And I thought it was cool. You know, sometimes like people comment, like just a comment, but it was actually like a thoughtful comment. Because I know, like, obviously, your um, knowledge on like programming is, is vast. And you asked me a question about the post and it wasn't like in a negative way. It was just like, Hey, you know, how would you have someone who's not like a seasoned athlete doing sprints? And we actually had like some cool, like dialogue. And I think stuff like that is cool too. As a, as a trainer, it helps you grow when you're able to have like polite conversations, you know, and challenge each other a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I honestly, I, I put that comment out there for me. I was genuinely interested. It's like, yeah, you know, I've always been a speed athlete and a, like an explosive athlete, obviously with my tenure with the CrossFit Games. But before that, I was always like a big, fast athlete in baseball. And I hadn't done a lot of that stuff in in a long minute. So, yeah, some people will see me posting about sprinting, but it's like I haven't honestly been sprinting like since I stopped competing. And you, uh, you know, with your posts have have brought me back to that. So I was genuinely curious to where it's like, okay, I don't want to go out there and like tear a hamstring on my first forty out in the, yeah. on the asphalt. So, a lot of that stuff that you put out there not just helps me specifically get back to that training, but helps me use that for you know other clients that I'm working with or other people that have have similar questions. So I appreciate you being so cordial with the response. Heck yeah,
0: dude. Heck yeah, bro. And I've seen you out there, man, getting in your barefoot sprints on the grass, like with your kids and stuff. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. We got a great spot on the on the backside of our
1: of our house i mean right now in houston it's i mean we haven't had rain for 63 days so the the oh grass my gosh. almost feels like little mini needles running into your foot so i've actually had to transition back to wearing shoes and like sprinting mm-hmm. back on the on the concrete which honestly for somebody that is everything barefoot it's much more comforting and allows you to actually like perform the way that you want to when you pop shoes on yeah so even though i'm not anti-shoe but You know, shoes definitely have their purpose in their place. But, um, yeah, it's great to get out there with my kiddos. My wife usually joins me. Um, It's it's definitely a fun weekend event for sure.
0: Heck, yeah, dude. And I want to get back on that in a minute. But for those that don't know, like anybody who's followed CrossFit, especially like in the OG days, is going to know your name. But for somebody who doesn't know who you are, like who is Asia Bartow?
1: Yeah, I got my start uh, in CrossFit. I think that's where probably most people know me, right? 2011 through 2013, I competed at the CrossFit Games. Um, you know, I'm still waiting on my invite for uh, CrossFit Hall of Fame for the tallest individual to ever compete at the Games. Let's go. And that, that's one that I hold great pride in because I, I feel like the, the evolution of the sport, like nobody's going to touch that, which is great. You know, and I hold that uh, close to my competitive career. But, you know, before that, I was uh, pretty competitive with baseball. I played all the way up through high school. I played uh, uh, co- collegiately at a Division One Top 25 program at Tulane University. I played a few years with the Rangers organization. So that's kind of where I got my athleticism or my start. And they got turned on to CrossFit, obviously, after CrossFit. Um, when I decided to kind of hang that up, I really focused on becoming, you know, a great business owner, really pouring into my community and my clients, um, building a team to do similar things that, that that I'm doing over at Behemoth. And then obviously just be, you know, the best husband I could be that turned into being the best father I can be and just kind of being a, 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 what I like to call a, a great uh, citizen of the United States of America, doing my part.
0: Heck yeah, man! And so most of your efforts now are going into your family and then a gym owner, correct?
1: Right. Yeah, and I you know I listened to a handful of your podcasts too, and I love the people that you bring on because I feel like we have a lot of aligned values with you know fitness and family and, and work and just being you know whether it's an entrepreneur or being a great employee or whatnot, it's just trying to be as excellent as you can be in those realms. But I see a lot of crossover when it comes to like fitness and family for me too.
0: Let's go. And there's so many parallels. And like one of the things uh, I was drawn to your page, man, uh, like a lot of people go one direction or the other. It's all fitness or it's all family. And it's like almost like people think you can't like cross pollinate. But I feel like you do a great job, man, of like your kids are just kind of part of what you do. And I appreciate that. It's like you're not like going out of your way to get them in your posts, but like they're just there because you're spending time with them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I realized that the other day, like number one, I don't really post a ton just because I'm not big on social media, but there's like, you know, rampant periods where I'm like just really getting the the motivation of posting. And I was like, you know what? I want to share more about like the little ones or share more about my wife and use this platform as an opportunity to highlight them versus maybe like trying to do all the cool things or showing my fitness. Obviously that's part of it, but I think it's so cool when you get onto somebody's page like yours or mine or anybody that you know, is influencing people on a, on a micro scale or a macro scale and you just see them being them, right? It's not all about fitness. It's not just a bunch of fitness posts, but it's like highlighting your wife or like talking about how you're incorporating fitness with your kids or how you're, you know, feeding your family or like, you know, struggles that you're running into because you and I both know, like the interwebs are full of tons of just facades, right? Fakeness and facades. And it's cool to see people that you like are influenced by or you want to follow that are just showing like the reality of their life both the ups and downs.
0: Yeah. Dude, one of the, and so one of my favorite things I heard somebody tell me once who wasn't even like big on social media, she had like a small following, uh, but she said something like, if you post on social media, like everybody's selling something, you know, whether like it's a, a physical product or like you're on there and like maybe your post encourages one person and like that's what you sold to them or you post something negative and you discourage like 15 people, you know, like we're all selling something. And one of my, one of my favorite things that I've seen you post, and I can't remember the full context, but it was something like you posted a picture of your wife and like in simple terms, it was something like, like praise your wife, like, you know, make, I don't know exactly the context behind it. Do you remember what you posted? But it was awesome.
1: Yeah. I've made a few, few posts like that, but just something along those lines where it was like, you know, don't use just like a mother's day or an anniversary as an opportunity to highlight your wife, but do it on a daily basis. Like continue to pour into her, treat her like she's a, a gorgeous garden that she is and water her daily.
0: Yes. And I think that's, I think a lot of guys getting like the grand gestures, you know, you get in your three or four times a year on the major holidays and then you kind of (laughs) brush her off to the side and that ain't going to work fellas.
1: Yeah, and I think that's that's a really powerful statement that you make. Is like I think the more that you show your wife the love that she deserves, I think the more you become attracted to her, and the more that you become invested in her, and the I guess you know that keeps the the fire within the relationship alive. Because a lot of times it's like we can have these trailing thoughts on like what's on the other side is the grass greener on the other yeah. side, or we get uh, within the uh, the multitudes of perusing the social medias, and we see all of the. You know the the women out there that are posting booty shots or whatnot. Yeah. So when you start going down that road and you you start neglecting what your wife needs, like it it puts you into a a different place and a, a place that's likely not desirable for your marriage or your your relationship.
0: Yeah, dude. Like, what is it? Like, it's like the grass is greener where you water it.
1: Exactly. Yeah. You know,
0: and uh, boy, and it's like, and I feel like too, it's like. It, the the effort, not always, I realize there's exceptions and some people may have gotten in a bad situation, but for the most part, I feel like it's reciprocated. And if my wife isn't treating me right, it probably starts with me. And it's probably my fault, you know, in the grand scheme of things. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that, you know, Ben, that's a tough perspective to take because with this society that's filled with ego and pride, like very few people are willing to look within and say, "Why is this person doing this or acting this way?" Maybe it's coming down on me, so it's changing what I'm doing. Maybe it's not the appropriate love language or signal that I'm I'm sending to my wife, or maybe it's not the thing that she loves so much that I'm not doing anymore. Maybe that's a reflection of how she's acting or behaving towards me. And that's a tough, dude, that's a tough, uh, tough visual to look in the mirror about and make that, make that self-change. So kudos to you that you're doing that. Few, few guys out there doing that.
0: Hey, I appreciate it, bro. And for the record, man, I, uh, you know, just from the little that I know about y'all from like social media, man, y'all see like a a fun, loving family and like y'all have a good thing going for you, dude.
1: Yeah, we are. Family's the, the, the top priority amongst everybody here. So I appreciate you sharing that. Love that, dude. And I'm glad that comes uh that comes off the way that it does.
0: It does, dude. Um, switching gears a little bit. One of one of the other reasons I was drawn to your page is like your diet methodology. I love it, dude. And I also like it that your kids are part of it. And we've got to talk about the fish eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I've that got- was that that was that was that was uh Just, uh, I thought that would make a funny post and more for entertainment value than anything. But true, true to, true to gosh, it's like my son. Every time we have whole fish, which honestly is few and far between, he's like he wants to eat the eyeballs. So more power to you, buddy.
0: Is the eyeball not like super nutritious? Correct.
1: You know, I would have to say that like any any parts of the animal from like nose to tail that we are void of taking in on a consistent basis things like the organs things like the glands things like the eyes i would say probably have a higher nutrient value than just like the muscle meat alone and i think we've you know that that goes back to you know eating more organs and the nutrient density of organs and we could talk about that as well but i'm also a firm believer in this concept or this principle called um like like supports like so if you want to support your you know your if the males want to support their testicles, eat testicles, right? Or if you want to support your eyes, eat eyes. And like, I think that there's, there, I, I'm pretty sure there's some science out there. I'm not going to put my science cap on. I think there's some science behind that. Um, but we're firm believers in that principle. So it's like, Hey, if we want to support our organs or we want to support things more than just our muscles alone, like let's eat the, eat the animal from, from nose to tail.
0: Let's go. And so, I mean, did I see you cooking like Rocky mountain oysters recently? Am I, am I crazy? Yep.
1: Nope. We uh we're a big organ family. And okay. This, this is recent too. Like I I, I haven't always been on the, the the organ bandwagon, but like I think in twenty twenty is when we first started. Surprisingly, Liver King, like before he was Liver King, yep. got me turned on to it. I mean, he owns a, a company called Ancestral Supplements, which is local right out by us and it's a no great quality, desiccated organ blend. And I'm a I'm a big advocate of just organ supplementation, knowing that, you know organs are tough to find. No grocers are, are selling yeah. it. Plus you don't, you don't want to eat conventional organs. So finding a good supplement like ancestral supplements or even what, uh, Dr. Paul Saladino has out there, hard and soil, I think is, I mean, that's the best multivitamin you can take, man.
0: Yeah. And so well, you said something about, about organs that was a bad, like a bad place to get organs.
1: Yeah. So when you think about a lot of the, the meat that you buy at just grocery stores, okay. not often do they have, you know, grass fed pasture raised. And so Got usually it. those are coming from, you know, you're, they're coming from conventionally raised Got animals it. that aren't necessarily fed or living the way that they you. So typically if you're finding organs at like a, a grocery store, they're coming from the, that same animal and you know, liver seems to be the, the most potent organ as far as nutrient density goes but it's also the detoxifying organ. So if this animal is eating, you know, Skittles and grains and, you know, being shot up with injections and hormones and whatnot, typically it's trailing into the liver and we don't want to, you know, we don't want to mess with that.
0: Dude, that makes perfect sense. And so I've seen you, you're, you're part, are you part of like, you have like a a share somewhere with like a farm and that's where you get your meat.
1: Yeah. I have a local farmer that I've known since 2012. I've been buying from, and he has great pigs, chickens, beef. I mean, he does an awesome job and he, uh he recently got into that and that's been really big seller for him. I actually work with him collaboratively on something we call the behemoth blend, but it's like he took the ground beef and he started grinding in the the liver and the, the heart. And we played with some different ratios. We started with like 70% muscle meat and 30% organs and it was just way too organ tasty. And we got dialed it. that back to about like 85, 15. And I mean, it's his probably his biggest seller. So anybody that's local to us in the Texas area, he will deliver to and they're seeking that out because it's a really easy way to get in organ meats without having to deal with just eating flat out liver or yeah. heart. And you can use that ground as you know, like for taco meat or you can use it for burgers and it's virtually like you can't taste it. I mean, I've well, given it to tons of guests that have come and eaten with us and like, they're cool. like, this is an amazing burger. These are amazing tacos or whatever. Like they have no clue. And That's I'm like, awesome. you're welcome.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, and- have you had the most success like just you personally with your kids? Like what dish is it best for burgers or tacos or doesn't matter?
1: Yes. So, you know, those are both two great examples just because with something like tacos, you can overwhelm the flavor. I mean, even if it was like a 50, 50 blend, you could overwhelm the flavor with taco seasonings with, you know, jalapeno, sour cream, cilantro, whatever it is. And that's usually my biggest go-to for people that are just starting out and wanting to learn how to cook with like organs or eat more organs. I'm like, Get it in a ground where it's a small portion of it, right? Yeah. Where it's virtually untastable and then overwhelm it with flavors like garlic and onion and stuff like yep. that to where it just tastes like every other meat that you eat.
0: Heck yeah. Um, so I had a guy on recently, his name's Zach Strength. He's a big deal on Twitter. He He's pretty, pretty much keto. I feel like he's got, he's not annoying about it. Like he's got, I feel like he's got a good grasp on nutrition and like he will have stuff that's not keto every once in a while, but he's pretty big, like steak, organ meats, eggs, and um, raw dairy, right? And people give him a hard time because of what he feeds his kids. And, you know, he's like, you know, if I feed my kids McDonald's, nobody says a word, but, you know, I feed my kids, you know, eggs and steak and everybody gets upset with me. And he said he had a lot of clients telling him, you know, I can't eat healthy because of my kids, and one of my favorite things he said was, he was like, hey, man, last time I checked, I was the parent and I'm in charge.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and I love that. And so for the most part, do your kids eat similar to what you eat?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I feel like everybody that uh, that has that same belief says the same thing. It's like, when was the last time that your kids were going to the grocery store on their own, pulling out their Credit card paying for the food, like <laughs> you're in absolute control of what you put into your house, into your pantry, and essentially onto the, the plate for your for your kiddos. So, yeah, my kids. I mean, we don't cook multiple meals; we cook one meal, yep. and it's like you either eat or you don't. I mean, there's it's not often, right? But there's times where it's like if if they don't want to eat the food, they just don't eat it, and like yep. the kids will survive; they don't have to eat dinner. But it's like you know, we're we're unique organisms to where it's like if you keep putting the same thing, even though it's less desirable, on the table day after day, like they're going to get hungry and they're going to adapt and they're going to eat those things. And so, you know, for parents that are struggling with that, I say, you know, draw a line in the sand and then just make sure that you follow through and you hold the standard, but your kids will adapt, but you have to start leading, right? You yeah. have to set the example and you have to eat these foods. And it's, it always blows my mind when parents are like, yeah, like I, I have to keep this in the house for the kids, but I would never eat. It. It's like, you're giving your kid kids foods that you wouldn't eat like there's a problem there how do we not see that problem
0: yeah and man we're not perfect and like we eat things that we shouldn't eat you know on occasion uh i do like pizza you know i I like donuts and we, we sprinkle those things in there but it's just like to our kids it's a very special occasion right it's not an every night thing and i think that's important to differentiate when something's like a fun thing rather than a steady diet
1: yeah. And I and I'm sure you're educating your kids around those those experiences too. Like, hey, this is why we're doing it. This is what yep. we're doing. And I want you to enjoy it, but understand that like this is an everyday thing. Yeah. I think that's so powerful that you're doing that too, because it's it's a learning process. And ultimately I think the the thing that we can do right now with kids as small as they are, and I mean, how old are your kids?
0: I've got a I've got four, eight, seven, four, and I've got a ten month old.
1: Okay, cool. So they're 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 still young enough to where it's like they're not necessarily so much out there making their own decisions but you're building like we're building the foundation for right now to allow them and empower them to make as like informed and educated decisions when they're when they are on their own yes so if it's we only eat this specific way because we eat this specific way but there's you know we have some lacks here and there but my my dad and my mom educate me on it then when they go out there and they're in middle school high school at a buddy's house a birthday party whatever they can make their own informed decision based on what they've been taught what that foundation yep. is and i'm going to hang my hat on that since we're doing it right right versus uh, i'm worried about what they're going to do it's like i know yep. they're always going to make the right decision based on what i've taught them
0: yeah dude and i'm sure you know this and it's like and y'all if you're if your kids are young and you don't know educate yourself a little bit but like my kids know even my, my four-year-old knows what carbs fat and protein are and sometimes it'll be like He'll be like, hey, can I have this? And I'll be like, no, we already had such and such. But he'll be like, oh, too much sugar. And I'm like, correct.
1: That's awesome.
0: And and I know you know this in the gym scene, bro. I had a, a client a while back who was really struggling to lose weight. And I don't always go deep in nutrition, especially early in my career. Uh, one, because I'm not a registered dietitian. And two, I just assumed most people kind of had a basic grasp on what to eat. And this client was struggling. And I was like, well, what are you having for dinner? He's like, well, we typically go out. I was like, well, where do you go out to eat? He was like, typically Olive Garden. And I was like, what are you getting at Olive Garden? He was like, I get the Alfredo. And I was like, okay. And he was like, he's like, you know, it's like X amount of calories. I was like, bro, I was like, have you even like, I was like the sodium, even like the sodium alone. I was like, that meal probably has like three days worth of your sodium. Right. And he just, he literally didn't know, man. He was just eating pasta and breadsticks like every day. And just couldn't understand why he wasn't losing weight. I just think a lot of people genuinely don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's so much really quality information out there, but there's also some terrible misinformation. And with the multitudes of both, I mean, it's confusing. And yeah, it's it's surprising how little folks know about certain things. But then it's also surprising how – like some people know a lot about stuff and it's just about it's not about what i know or what i don't know it's about the execution of the behavior and i think it's powerful what you're doing with educating clients like that because now you've empowered that individual to be able to make the most informed decisions based on his goals the next time he goes to olive garden because it's like dude you don't need to stop going to olive garden you yeah. just need to be more conscious of what you choose there right and then i mean that's 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 a powerful tool you've gained you've given him
0: i appreciate it dude um talking you know we, we've talked diet and your fitness uh impresses me one um i like your big nastics post and before we dive into fitness real fast how big how tall are you six five are you really yeah you move really well dude that's wild
1: thanks man yeah i think that's what what's kind of a fo- i mean my entire career even through baseball it was like you're not supposed to do these things like you know that <laughs> And I think that's what's really fueled me through my career is like I'm doing the things that and I'm really leaning to the opportunity of like, all right, I'm not supposed to be doing these things, but I'm able to do these things. And even like during baseball, like I was the, you know, the fastest guy I would play center field where it's like, you should be at first base or be a pitcher based on your size and your weight and all these things. Like, no, I was always the most explosive, always the most athletic, always the fastest guy. And so I was definitely blessed with some genetics there. But and obviously you and I both know like hard work got me m- the majority of the way there.
0: Uh, dude, so like the biggest thing that I've seen from you is one, your, your strength numbers. I mean, you had, a, you had a massive during like the CrossFit Games, like a massive clean and jerk, right? Yeah,
1: I, uh, I, I'm i not one to toot my own horn, but I, I think I it's arguable that I was probably the, the strongest guy in CrossFit during that time. And like my snatch, my clean and jerk. I mean, even like all of the events that I did, I would clear the ladder, or would win it. But yeah, my clean and jerk is probably what I'm most known for just on the on the global stage. Like your boy beat Rich Froning. So it's Let's like go. I'm, I'm gonna have to hang my hat on that. What was your clean and jerk at the games? It was um, three fifty five. Let's what go. What I finished with. And that's like, you know, more times than not, people are like, that's not very heavy. It's like that was twelve years ago.
0: Yeah. Right? So no, we have to we have time- to realize that. That's wild at the time. That just yeah. wasn't happening. And even now, I know a lot of guys who can clean around 350. But I've always heard everybody can clean. Champions can jerk.
1: There you go. Yeah, the jerk you know is a skillful piece for sure.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of guys who can just kind of slam under some weight and stand it up, bro. But when it comes to the jerk, like that's a different ball game.
1: Yeah. It's just a lot more complex too, but it's also like finishing the last leg of like a hard four hundred, right? You know how that is. Yep. Like most oh, yeah. people burn out and the people that burn out at 300 or 350 and the ones that can like finish the last leg, that's pretty much what what the
0: jerk is equivalent to. Yeah. And over 300 pound snatch, correct? Yep.
1: I was, uh, I was looking back. I, I was having this conversation the other day, but I always, I always like to say it's like, I was I snatched like 300 when snatching 300 was cool. Like my first video of snatching 300 was I think in 2010 or 2011, but it was a fun battle. There was me and another competitor named uh, Spencer Hendel, but we were just kind of going back and forth. We were like right there at the cusp and we were just, I mean, this is before like social media was big and it was all about Instagram uploading and whatnot, but it was like, who's going to get there first? And so that was a, that was a fun period.
0: Bro, like 10 or 13 years later. I mean, 300 is still a, a big snatch.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and it's crazy to see the evolution of the sport because I feel like the 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 mat cons and the fitness pieces have evolved the way that we've perceived it to evolve. But the strength hasn't, especially with some of the Olympic lifts, it hasn't evolved as much as the others, but it certainly yep. has taken, you know, an, an absolute massive incline. I mean, now you're seeing more and more people just like, hey. To even get your foot in the door, you got to snatch 300, which is absurd, you know? And then to to watch what the women are doing, dude, geez, man, it's remarkable to see that kind of stuff.
0: It is crazy. So, but the flip side of the strength, because I've talked to this with a few guys recently, one way I would describe your fitness level is you're strong yet supple. And you see a lot of guys who have the strength, especially like in a traditional globo gym, who bench press, lat pull down leg press and they're strong, you know, with quotations, but like no movement quality, they're stiff, they can't move laterally. And then I see a guy like you who can lift all of that weight. And then you're doing like those dragon pistol squats. Right. Yeah. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. That's, um, I, I I like to look at my training now. And by like, by all means, like definitely don't have the strength that I had 10 or 12 years ago, but now I like to look at like more of a versatile training approach, kind of similarly to, 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 to what you're doing where it's like we keep the strength in there. What is strong enough? Cool. Let's, let's check that box. And then let's move more towards being more supple or being more mobile or being more athletic or more explosive. And then let's really lean into those opportunities, but just have a really versatile training approach that's going to afford me to say yes to any opportunity in my life when it comes to what my physical abilities are but also be completely pain-free and be able to, you know, do some pretty cool stuff in the gym space as well.
0: Yeah, dude. I had a guy on a while back who actually lives in Arkansas as well. And his, I can't, I can't get the words exactly, but he was like, you know, fitness defined is him to him was, is being able to do like whatever he wants, whenever he wants, like whenever that time, the time is called upon. Mm-hmm. You know, cause That's he said, you know, definition. like he would have clients who'd be like, Hey, my kids are going to like do this hike over the holiday and I'd like to go, but I can't because mm-hmm. my knees hurt. Right. And he was like, you know, like the goal of fitness is just to be in a position where if somebody calls you and they're like, Hey, Asia, we need you to run a half marathon this weekend. And you'd probably be like, okay, like, you know, let me, let me, shoes or no shoes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, and I've done that before, but I I ran a half marathon like that and really surprised myself time-wise. You know, I did like no like specific training for it and just kind of showed up and did my thing. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful part about fitness. And I know you and I, you know, I'm already looking and thinking about like when I have grandkids and the type of grandfather I want to be.
1: Right. Yeah. That's a great example that you brought up. And I think you, you brought up really two really good examples of like one end of the spectrum versus the opposite where it's like guys like you or me, like you're chasing the 500 pound back squat, five minute mile. Like that's absurd level of fitness that, you know, the average Jane and Joe, like 99.99% of the population isn't capable of doing something like that, nor do they really want to. And then you talked about the opposite end of the spectrum where it's like, Hey, I want to just go on this, you know, drop of the dime hike with my family. And I know that my knees will hold up or I know that my, my fitness will hold up. Like that's the opposite end of the spectrum. And you and I both know it's like, those are the 99.99% of the goals that people are looking for to where their training affords them those opportunities. Yeah. Whereas you and I, it's like, yeah, I would love to, you know, I want to train to the point where it's like if somebody asked me to go run a barefoot half marathon, I'm like, cool, let's do it. Or somebody's like, hey, jump on top of this 50-inch, you know, truck bed. It's like, cool, let's do it because that's what our training affords us. But, you know, the average person out there is like, I just want to be able to be active with my my littles or, you know, I want to be able to climb this Flight of stairs without feeling like I'm going to die at the top, and yeah. I think that that makes the the training approach and the definition of fitness very subjective to the individual that's defining it or 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 chasing it. You know what I mean? Definitely.
0: And for you, who who's do you do the programming at Behemoth? I do. Yes. You know I, the old saying in cross it, and I can't remember if it was Glassman or not. It was something like program for the best, modify for the rest. And just for your general approach, like, like, let's just say you've got an average dad. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people listening are guys who maybe don't have the energy level that they want, you know, want to look better for their wives, want to perform better for themselves and have more energy to play with their kids. Like what's your like general, like programming, like methodology for like the average dude who just mm-hmm. wants to perform at a higher level in life?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it's contextual to the individual on what yep. they're willing to do and willing sure. to do consistently because like that's that's the name of the game it's about doing whatever i'm set out to do and doing it not just for this week but doing it for the next year that's going to afford me the results of why i'm doing it in the first place and so this could be something as simple as like go for a walk like just go for a walk a 10 minute walk and do it every single day or it could be something where it's like this person might have a previous athlete and that's not going to cut it for them. But what they're able to put forth is, you know, like a 20 minute Imam or a 10 minute Imam, where they're doing some squats and some pushups. So I think it's, I think it's a mentality change. It's a, it's a, it's a, a mentality change or a mentality approach where it's like, what is the smallest thing that I can do? That's so laughably small, but I'm able to do it today, tomorrow, the next day, and literally through the rest of this week. And then once I do it through the rest of this week. Now I'm going to focus on doing it for the next three weeks to accomplish a month. And once I do it for the month, I'm going to look to do it, you know, and it doesn't necessarily need to be an everyday thing, but we have, they have to understand that it needs to be a consistent thing. It can't be a once a time thing to actually move the needle in the right direction. So, you know, to answer your question, to circle back, I think it's contextual to that individual and what they feel would be fulfilling and enjoyable enough to do and do at a consistent pace.
0: Yeah, dude. Um, Fun conversation so you personally, I see a lot of fun things that you do training wise. And I'll, I'll mention three of them. One is like the barefoot training. Mm-hmm. Um, I was joking before we started recording because you were sitting outside shirtless in the sunlight. And I was just like, I see you, man. <laughs> and then three, uh, one of your recent posts, it was like, you're doing like a pull up on a weird handle with like the rounded ends. Yeah. Like a weighted pull up. And you said something about like failing in a controlled setting. Uh-huh. And I think a lot of guys, for those trying to push it a little more, are missing that probably aspect of their training. Like, can you speak on that? Cause like for me, like something I learned from the bodybuilding world, I think like when I was strictly doing CrossFit, it was like, you know, I did what I was supposed to do, like in the time domain. And then like when I was done, I was done. Something I've enjoyed like from the bodybuilding world is like taking sets to failure, you know, mm-hmm. not for time. Right. So, like doing a set of squats, and like I've done 12, but deep down in my soul, I know I've got 15 in the tank. Right. Right. And taking sets that direction. Do you have anything in your training that you have found um, that has been beneficial for you in that realm? Yeah.
1: And and I've run into this issue with, uh, with people that I work with as well, but it's, it's this, uh, belief breaking that like, it's an an all or nothing approach where it's like, it has to be this perfect setting. I have to be able to do 15 reps, 12, isn't going to cut it. So like that is a a worthless training session. So I'm just going to chalk that up and let all the wheels fall off or whatnot. Um, but I, I think it's taking the approach to say like, it doesn't need to be perfect and something is going to be better than nothing at all versus nothing at all. And especially when people are starting off, like we have to break that belief of like, okay, it needs to be this 75 minute session, needs to be a perfect warm-up. Well, I can't think about what I want to do for the strength training. Plus my kid just woke up, so screw it. I'm not going to do it. It's like, no, anything is going to be better than nothing at all. And I've taken that and kind of carried it over to, you know, some of my off days or my non training days. Like I love to train every single day. Like you and I, um I've heard Jason Kaliba say this, but if you look at a spectrum of like kind of obsessive of fitness and, (laughs) and and the opposite end being like, I don't want to do anything at all. Like I would say that we're probably more towards the obsessive end. Yeah. So I like to train every single day and I don't necessarily take off days. Like off days just happen. It's called life. And so on those days where life happens, like I like to lean into the opportunities that I have where it's like, you know, we're always going to go for a family walk. And in this case where I'm maybe, you know, (laughs) complaining about my daughter wanting me to carry her because we just started off the walk. I might use that as a as a uh, as an excuse for a workout. And this is just going to be a weighted carry. You know, honey, you want to go down halfway. Nope. I'm carrying you. You want to be carried? You carry you're being carried the whole way. So using different opportunities as ways to like do something and break away from this all or nothing mentality to where it's like this in order for me to train and train consistently or do whatever it might, might, might be, whether it's a set or it's a movement or whatever, it has to be perfect. No break from those constraints and understand that anything is going to be better than nothing at
0: all. That's really funny. Cause one, that was deep and that was awesome and so true. And I think provides a lot of value for anybody who's a parent. And that was the kind of the direction I was wanting to go at the end. Cause I, I made a note and was just talking about, you know, it was funny us trying to schedule this podcast and it was just a challenge cause we're both busy, but like, how how you shuffle and balance parenting, fitness, and a busy schedule. And, and I think that's the key. I think over the last several years, the problem has been like all of like the 30-day challenges and stuff like that. People view fitness as like, I'm going to get fit. And then it's like they forget that once they do something, they still have to do something to maintain it. And so it's like you have to look at it as more of like, I'm going to live this lifestyle until I die. It's not like a, you know, just a strict Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. I hit this Mm -hmm. workout that's on paper. Um, It's a lifestyle. And I feel the same way as you, dude. Like my rest day every week, technically, is Sunday, but we go for a family walk. I try to go outside and throw the football with my sons. Like, my, my sons, we wrestle, bro, all the yeah, time. Yeah, love it. And it, it's like, if that's one thing that you need to like can do like with your family and like with your kids to make a difference in their day, in their fitness level and bonding, I would say like wrestle with your kids. Yeah. Like it's like the WWE out in my living room every Sunday, dude. Your and- wife loves it. Oh, she does. Somebody (laughs) always ends up crying, you know, but that's just, that's part of it. Like kids are life,
1: man, dude, that's part of it. I love it. And you made a post one time about wrestling with your son or your kids and like it being a big physical touch. I think that's huge too. I mean, there's nothing that's more powerful than being able to like hug and love and tell your children that you love them and constantly reinforcing that with like physical touch, but also like words of affirmation, encouragement. I mean, that's so powerful.
0: Yeah, dude, and then it's also this. This is a, another deeper thing that I have like knowledge on. But like, every kid is different, and I'm starting to figure out which of my kids is which and what they need more. Cause like, like sometimes, and this is fully transparent. Like, I'll be like in the kitchen, like cracking eggs, like on a frying pan, and my son will jump up and put me in a headlock. <laughs> and it starts. It, and like initially, like it makes me mad. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, give me. But then, like, then deep down, I realize like he's doing this because he needs it. Yeah. Like physical touch must be his love language. And like he may have had a tough day at school and he doesn't know how to put that into words uh-huh. and like wrestling with dad is what like centers him.
1: Yeah. That's uh, I want to piggyback that, that story because I think what you brought up there is the ability to be proactive with your thought and your actions in the moment versus reactive. And that's something that I'm working on too. Cause it's like your kid does this immediately. You want to get angry and slap him or say something, but it's like, <laughs> wait a minute. Let me backtrack a little bit and let me think through this. You know, maybe this is his love language or his way to express this, or maybe there's something else that's going on. I think that's something, um, and you can share more to this too, but it's something that being a father has really allowed me to open up to and lean into is that ability to like stop in your tracks instead of just doing what you believe is instinctual, think through it and say what you want to say, right? With an educated mind or with an informed thought or act the way. You, you really want to act versus just being reactive and responsive.
0: Dude, that's so good. Cause my, my natural tendency is to react immediately. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And probably one of the best things that fatherhood has given me or, and thankfully that I've learned is to take a moment and like, it's okay not to respond immediately. You can take a breath (laughs) and like, and you know, man, anybody that has a family, you know how words can sting Mm -hmm. and you can just crush your kid's soul. with with a few words and rather than take a few moments and and respond in a way that's constructive.
1: Yeah. And it's not to say that we haven't made those mistakes where we have been reactive, but I think knowing you and what I see of you, it's like, well, what you do following that moment can make or break that, you know, that experience. And so it's going and talking to your your son, your daughter, you know, me, sometimes your wife too explaining what happened or, or taking ownership and apologizing and making amends to things versus just letting that build in resentment. And we know how resentment works. it's a, it's, it's it's a dangerous line to, to walk.
0: Um, Asia, this is at, towards the end of every episode, this might be tough because for you, it's like, this has been a fun conversation.
1: Absolutely. Um, It's
0: cool. The parallels between fitness and family and how, when it, when it's done right, it all compliments each other. Lots of times at the end of the episode, I'm like, Hey, top five answers on the board. Like what are your five top exercises, you know, that you, that you think personally benefit dads a lot. Um, it's like, I kind of want to ask you like when implementing this as, as a lifestyle for your family, do you have two or three things that you've done that you found a lot of value like with your family, as far as like dietary things you've added or the family walk or the play t- time outside." do you have two or three things you think would be helpful for dads who are trying to implement like a, a, like an all encompassing like healthy lifestyle for their family?
1: Yeah. I think that's a a great question. I was very, very prepared for the five exercises too, (laughs) though. I just got off of one of your podcasts. You guys jammed through some cool stuff, but I think I have two tidbits. Number one is um, like live the example that you want to set for your family. And that could be, your wife, it could be your kids. If we're talking about kids specifically, it's like if you want them to grow into the person that you want them to grow into or 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 have the behaviors that you want them to have or do the things that you want them to do, like you have to be the example and you have to let them see you doing it and doing it religiously. Right. It can't be I do it once in a while. Like it needs to be a consistent basis to where that gets programmed within them to where all they know is being active, all they know is, you know, protein, fat, carbs, the education of the foods that they bring in. And all they know is we eat this way, we go to bed at this time, like it just becomes programmed within them. And I think that starts within the person that's wanting to set that. Um, I think the second thing too, is like have some non-negotiables and be okay with it. This is a conversation that I had with a friend of mine on a podcast too. And he brought up such a great example. We were talking about nutrition. And after I, I after I said what I wanted to say, I was like, man, that sounds like a nutritional Nazi. Like that seems like so, so harsh. And he, you know, made light of it and was like, you know, we just have non-negotiables. I was like, that's the word I was looking for. That's so perfect. But it's like, it's okay to have a standard. And I absolutely believe that people should have a standard on how they live their life. When we're talking about nutrition specifically, it's like, have a standard on how you cook for your family and, you know, what you do about eating out or bringing certain foods in and and be okay with bringing in things like donuts or pizzas or having those, those days, those nights, make sure that there's a conversation there. There's education so that these kids can make informed decisions down the road, but also have some non-negotiables, like have things that you're not willing to bend and break on, right? Maybe that's, we don't drink soda in this house, or we don't eat fast food or whatever it is. And it's okay to have those non-negotiables. And when you do just hold the absolute standard on it. And I think this is only going to help the youthful generation grow to be the people that we want them to be when we have great leaders like moms and dads, like holding, holding that standard for them,
0: bro. I love that. And, and guys, to those of you listening, like my wife and I, and she would attest to this and it's probably mostly my fault. We've done a lot of things wrong, uh, just in parenting, like nutrition, all this, but two things, uh, that I decided I was going to stand and die on that hill, was I wasn't going to have soda in my house, and my kids will never go to McDonald's. <laughs> there you go,
1: man. I, I, I hit the uh, the nail on the head there, you and I both, and every, everybody I talk to that's similar minded to, to us and similar values, it's the same thing you know and I'm sure that there's parallels to you know movement sleep, you know stress orientation, relationships, all this thing. but yeah, when it comes down to food specifically, it's like when you I want you to grow to be 25 years old and not know what a soda pop is or not know what the golden arches is, and I'm okay with that.
0: I love that dude. I love that. Yeah. Asia. Um, so one um, for somebody who's in Houston like I'd like them to know uh, where to find like you fitness wise. Like if people want to connect with you or learn more about you, where's the best place to do that?
1: Instagram at AsiaBarto and then you guys can check out my gym at Behemoth Gym, which is here in uh, in Houston, Texas. We'll be hitting our 12th year next year around June. So
0: Bro, to make it past the 10-year mark's a big deal.
1: Yeah. Congratulations. Appreciate that, Ben. And thanks yeah. for having me on, man. I feel like we could jam all day long. We should definitely run this back.
0: I was going to add, bro, I would love to have you on again sometime because I feel like I could I could keep going for a while longer, but I know for we sure. both got kids. I've, I've been seeing your kids float past the window behind you.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> or somebody at least.
1: Yeah. Popping her head <laughs> in right here. <laughs>
0: yeah. Bro, thanks so much for doing this today, man. Um, y'all go find Asia on Instagram and Behemoth Jim. Check him out, bro. I appreciate your time today.
1: Keep leading from the front, Ben. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir.